I want to say it was the 4th of July. We were going to meet at midnight, but she never showed up. She was in danger. I was there when they pulled her out. Marsha was so full of life. Marsha P. Johnson was the Rosa Parks of the LGBT movement. Darling, I want my gay rights now! Her case has been cold for 25 years. You a private investigator? No. Don't play detective yourself, all right? Leave this to the people that should handle it. Well, it's another episode of Fireside Crime. Yes, yes. So, this is Jennifer. And Shy am. Thanks for joining us by the fire. Man, this has been a wild week. We took a little bit of time off in between. We, well, I have not been busy with work. I'm still a lady of leisure. Uh, Cheyenne is still working uh, very hard. And um, it's just been an emotionally draining week. It has, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so June was... Um, June is Pride Month, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, there are, there are not any uh, Pride celebrations or parades because of COVID, so, you know, that's a bummer. However, um, of course, we are very deeply saddened by the uh, unnecessary death of George Floyd, which has sparked, I mean, an incredible uprising. Um <laughs> Pretty much every uh, group of people who have ever been put like put upon or oppressed were like, that was it. That was the final straw. It's good. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's really amazing. And, um, you know, something so tragic um, has, has really lit a flame in so many, which um, is inspiring to have something that's so sad um really create a movement of you know a, I mean a worldwide movement so um I had this whole other plan for June in terms of our episodes but I've uh kind of switched gears and our episodes for the remainder of June will um feature um stories, true crime, or some kind of true crime adjacent um, story about folks in the LGBTQIA community um, or uh, black victims. So I um, wanted to do our little part to pay homage to those. Oh, yeah. So, man, I, you know, I talk for a living. I talk a lot. I talk when I don't talk for a living, when I'm not actually getting paid to do it. Uh, so I have really been challenged, I think, with not, um, feeling like I I was able to kind of connect with my support team and my friends and my community in a way that I would be able to in the past, um, because of COVID and restrictions in North Carolina's, um, in this phase two of lockdown. So, um, I have found that I have really been challenged by just being really saddened. Um, I really struggled and have learned an awful lot about myself and my own privileges and living with Cheyenne has been great. Having a person of color to really kind of help me um, see 
through some things that come up occasionally. Yeah. Um, and you learned this week that you can use your white woman privilege uh, in many different ways. I took down some bad guys, y'all. Yeah. We, I took them we, down. <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, we, um... Took a few days off. We went to the beach and yeah. we just needed a, a change of scenery. And we stopped by a gas station on our way. I was pumping gas. Jennifer was going in to get water. Snacks. Snacks. We love our snacks. Yes. And she went in this gas station and um, there were some people of color working the registers. Which, having to deal with people all day is rough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you can't always say what you want to say to mm-hmm. them. So, um, do you want to No, you're doing great. Okay, well, you do it. <laughs> this is just secondhand information because I didn't know. So, apparently, um, well, I saw the lady get out of her car. She was driving a little Kia Soul, uh, a blue and red one. Cute car. Um, Already, you know, there's a, like, when you're driving the two-tone car, when it's intentional, you know there's going to be a problem there. Yes. So, it was a, it was a older lady, um, and her husband, I'm presuming, um, got out as well. He had crutches, older gentleman. They went into the store. That's all I saw of them. So, apparently, inside the store, it was very busy, um lines just spills like yeah these two gals were just running around trying to clean everything up they were working because they were hustling working so hard and like one of them was ringing people up like on two different registers right anybody's worked in hospitality or has like worked in customer facing whatever i mean you know that it's challenging you know that people are extra crazy right now anyway for a multitude of reasons And, I mean, but really, when you see people who are, like, running around, really working hard to, like, take care of everything, just give them a break. Just wait 30 seconds and shut up and give them a break. Right. And say, you know, thanks. You guys are working really hard. Just something. Be nice to them. Yes. So, apparently, um, yeah, the the older woman, um, they were getting coffee. And trying to figure out how to get coffee. The yeah. fellow on the crutches that just had to go in the store with her for some reason was giving her a hard time. I guess just yeah. So it was a it was a white couple, probably in their late sixties, maybe early seventies. I would say. So she's trying to. She's really getting frustrated. She's trying to figure out how to use the coffee machines. Like, sure. where do I get my coffee? And there's like, this is like one of those really big like truck stop. Um, yeah type of places there's like seven coffee machines just just press the button put your cup in and press the button you'll be fine you're gonna get a coffee of some kind right so she's like getting more and more worked up trying to get like the attention of one of the ladies who are working but not really just kind of like just looking like kind of stretching her neck over looking Mm -hmm. like just making the big eyes right at them but not actually asking how how let, help me help you. I don't know scenario. how to push this button to get coffee out. Yeah, can you just, would you mind telling me when you get a minute? It literally would not take more than that. So, I go over to get just a cup for our dogs, because we were traveling with our dogs, um, for water. 
and um, cruise by. It just kind of all happened in a blur. Go by, and then I can't. I can't remember exactly like what she said, what they said, but I heard them talking basically of like her saying that she was just frustrated like I'm not I'm not paying for this like I'm getting my coffee and I'm leaving and he was telling her like basically just look like you're going to the bathroom and let's go like uh -huh. with your cup of coffee sure and so I wouldn't say I went into a blind rage but I definitely <laughs> it just made me mad and you know they had made a couple of remarks about the ladies who were working in there um it had to do with them being lazy and mm -hmm. uh, it just really made me mad. And, you know, my business is hospitality also. And so, like, don't you go get in my hospitality, folks. I'll get you. Gonna right. get you. Um, so I can't remember exactly what I said. But basically, I was like, I said something about, did you pay, you know, did you pay for that? Or I know you're going to pay for that coffee, right? And um, they just kind of turned around and stuck, like, this stunned look on their face. And were looking at me. And the lady was like, they were walking out the door. I mean, like, she was holding the door open for him. Uh -huh. They were out the door. And I said, are you going to pay for that? And, like, loud enough to where uh -huh. I was doing, like, the Karen. Right. Loud enough to be a Karen. And, um. Pull the Karen on the Karens. I just Karened the Karens. Yes. Oh, my God. I got it. We're making a t-shirt. Um, yes. Anyways, the story has gotten really long. But the point is, is that, um. Asked if they were going to pay for that. Um, they were basically already out the door. And she was like, oh, yeah, I was just on my way to pay. And I was like, in your car? Are you going to pay for it in your car? Is that where you're going to pay for it? Or something like that. Um, so then they just kind of, like, scuttled off. And then... Mm -hmm. Then we followed them. <laughs> <laughs> then we followed... Yeah, then we followed them down the road. Just Gave them a little bumper tap. Kept going. Sent them on the way. Sent them spinning. <laughs> Just kidding. No, I think that's really cool, though. It's really cool. If you have Aww. privilege to use, use it for good. And be really nice to Hospitality. people who work in customer service. It's they're, they're It's brutal. It's brutal. So, yeah, that was exciting. Yeah. I forgot about that. That was really cool. It was like super Karen. Like if Karen super was for Karen. good. Good, good Karen. I was using my, my Karen powers for good. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so anyways. Um, yeah, so that was. That was really cool. Yeah. Oh, I mean, thanks. I, I couldn't do that. Thanks for saying that. Well, yeah. You got you to gotta stand up for people sometimes, I guess. Oh, yeah. Um, so, let's see. What else is going on? Um... We had some friends over last weekend. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, you guys heard that. We did a live podcast. We all socially distanced. Glad to see everybody. Uh-huh. Um, I believe I am a 13-year-old boy. Uh-huh. I also believe that. I, <laughs> I purchased a skateboard. Oh, yeah. But it only has one wheel, and it's motorized. It's called... Wait for it. It's called a one wheel. A one wheel. Yes. Because it only has one wheel. Yeah. It's a thick wheel. It is very thick. <laughs> I like my wheels how I like my women. <laughs> thick. Thick and on the move. I don't know. I feel like it's. I'm just going to dig a hole with that one. <laughs> You've done it. But you like really have to balance 
to make it go. It's like a one wheel segue. Yeah. Of. So you balance it, and when you get to a certain point, it balance balances you for you. It does like fourteen thousand calculations a second to keep you upright. That's so cool. I have not fallen yet. I'm sure I will at some point. You'll hear about it. But it's been pretty cool. Um, I'm not like, you know, cruising to work or anything. Like, I've went across the parking lot. You're like... <laughs> at the you, What you don't know is that the video I sent of you that you posted to Instagram, I sent it to Tony Hawk. And so... <laughs> so... Not for nothing, but I was like, in your face, T-Hawk. Yeah. So that's pretty interesting. It's pretty cool. It's pretty... I'm learning. I'm taking it real slow because I'm, you know, old. That's yeah. pretty cool. It's a midlife... It's like probably never gonna get like a yellow corvette which is good i'd really be bummed about that right so right. this is like your midlife crisis this car kind of this is yeah yeah i've not yet bought my midlife crisis car you have bought your midlife crisis recumbent bike i did i did <laughs> which is really cool it's fun it is so fun recumbent bikes me and all the little old men who like we're You're like gonna have a gang. I know we're gonna put a little gang together the high rollers we're uh <laughs> yeah I need um I've got a little flag um for the back because you know I'm low riding now right got a little flag for the back so people can see me so I need it like bedazzled or if there's any flag bedazzlers out there yeah let yeah. me know that can bedazzle the fireside crime logo on my flag <laughs> let me know <laughs> <laughs> yeah so it's been a it's been a fun week yeah, it's been an interesting week, that's for sure. It's been a roller coaster the last couple yeah. of weeks. A roller yeah, coaster. For sure. So um thanks for hanging in there with us and giving us a little break. Um hope that you have enjoyed all of our episodes so far. We are having an absolute blast making them. Um I'm calling this portion of our episode Fridge Finds. Oh, good. So um you know, we had that sour saison. Yeah. That and actually turned out to be it. pretty good. Yeah. Um, I have another fridge find that okay. I found in the fridge. All right. Um, because the other beers that I have in the fridge right now are not, they're brewed in Colorado. They are not uh, brewed uh, in Locally. North Carolina, which, I mean, there's only, there's a billion breweries, but. Um, we can travel outside a little we, bit. We may expand to the southeast. Well, and I think it's cool because we also uh, have traveled a couple of different places over mm -hmm. the last four and a half years. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we've experienced their beers in different places as well. Pretty experienced, yeah. Um, so the, the fridge find is a, a Bold Rock hard cider. Nice. Um, which I was like, oh, Bold Rock. But then I remembered it's brewed in Mills River. Yes. Uh, which is right down the road. So this is a, a pear cider. We have not yet done a cider. Okay. I don't have it on any good authority how long this has been in the refrigerator. Oh, no. So. Okay. We're going to turn it up. Yeah. Would you do the honors? Yes. God, there's so many mosquitoes. Okay. I gotta get out of here. So, uh, yeah, it's a pear cider. It's made with New Zealand pears. Oh. So pears from... I thought they only grew kiwis. New Zealand. <laughs> so clever. I can't stand it. Okay. Okay. Like the bird? Yeah. Don't they call New Zealanders kiwis? Oh, I don't know. Anyway. God, okay. I hope that's not like... 
Ooh. Oh, God. I've got to Google that real quick. So, anyway, this it. is crushed and crafted in the Blue Ridge Mountains. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see what else. It has the smallest nutrition facts label I've ever seen in my life. It's got mm -hmm. 12 carbs. All right. Um, you okay? The mosquitoes yeah, The mosquitoes love are killing me. Hold on. They I got to go her. get something. She's got typo something something blood something and they love it they love it okay um government warning according to the surgeon general women should not drink alcoholic beverages during pregnancy because of the risk of birth defects consumption of alcoholic beverages impairs your ability to drive a car or operate machinery and may cause health problems so if you're pregnant just don't drink the cider. Uh, let's see. So, let's see. Da, 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 da. Light carbonation. Malic acid. Um, follow them on Facebook and Instagram. I don't think ciders have like a percentage, right? I don't know. I don't think so. I don't see one. Oh, wait. Here's one. <laughs> I'm like, it's got to. It's got alcohol in it. It's going to have a... Okay, 4.7. 4. Oh, all right. It's nice and light. So, let's open this up. We're going to see what New Zealand tastes like. little taste of New Zealand. Where is New Zealand? Is it off the coast of Australia? Uh, yeah. Okay. Sure. Where's Madagascar? Is that also, Africa? Yeah, Madagascar is in Africa. Okay. I found these weird little, um, like mosquito repellent incense things that I'm gonna try out. I've got the mosquito spray. I tried the all natural spray and that didn't work. Uh huh. So I've had to go to a, a brand. Oh, God. And now I'm like these little mosquito repellent incense things. See if these work. Okay. Is this the one that we tried that doesn't work? Try the smooth side. Got it. Okay, so yeah, we don't know how long this has been in the fridge, so we'll we'll just see. I'm sure it's fine. Yeah, I'm sure it's fine. Okay. Here you are. Alright, let's see if this works. Can't deal with all these mosquitoes. Yeah. It's too much. I'm gonna spray some in my okay. beard. Okay. So I feel like it's probably extremely sweet. It's um not that sweet. No. It might still be good. I don't know. Can't tell. Try yours and see <laughs> what you think. We'll see. I wonder if that's how it normally tastes or has this been in the fridge for two years? I feel like it tastes fine. It's lost some of its fizz. Okay. Uh, but it's light and refreshing, and for people who don't actually enjoy beer, I bet they'd love it. Mm-hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, right. it gets, it has a little, a little pear flavor. I like ciders, though. Uh, I really do. We have a, a cidery down the road from us, Noble Cider. Yes. And, um, they brew, like, uh, dry ciders, mostly doing like a ritual with this weird little incense to try to keep these bugs away right um this price we're paying for you people out here getting eat up with mosquitoes
Mosquitoes. Mosquitoes. Because we refuse to be off brand and right? have to be by the fire. This is going to be hell come January. Oh, oh, let me tell you about the fire. So we enjoy using coffee logs. They are oh, logs yeah. made from coffee grounds. Mm -hmm. So last week when we had everybody over, we, you know, burned a couple of the coffee logs. And then I poured like two gallons of water on top of them to put them out. Oh my God. So we went to bed. I wake up about 2 a.m. I look up at the ceiling and I see just like f flashing lights on the ceiling. I get out of bed. I look out my window and there's like a raging fire out here. That's how intense the coffee logs are. They're crazy. Yeah, they're awesome. They're like those birthday candles they you just, can't put out. They do not go out. Anyway. Anyway, yeah, give it a go. I don't think that you can just take a handful of coffee and put it on the fire, though. I don't think it works like that. Have we tried it, though? Touche. We have not tried it. <laughs> All right. So, got a little something here for you. <laughs> Plot twist. I haven't actually written anything. Um, She's typing it right now. I'm typing it as we speak. Um, there was a murder. Um... So, in keeping kind of with all of the words that I said earlier, specifically about, <coughs> excuse me, Pride Month and um, being conscientious. So, this month is, the stories are dedicated to um, uh, victims who are uh, either people of color or uh, in the L uh, LGBT plus community. Excuse us while we're just spraying. Yes, just <laughs> ignore spraying that. Bugs Mosquitoes are crazy right now. They're so bad. We gotta get out of here. <coughs> Alright, so the other thing that I think is really important to say is that you know, a lot of people I think have mixed feelings about protesting um, mm -hmm. because often protests turn into riots and um I know that there's a lot of mixed feelings about rioting. However, I will say that the majority of rights that we have, that you as an individual have, are because people protested and rioted for them. Right. So, um, this is a little bit about that. Um, and this is just really about, um, especially members of the LGBT community. So, um, this person, um, well, I'll just kind of get into it. So I'm calling this the reality and mystery of a pioneer, Marsha P. Johnson. So uh, Marsha P. Johnson is kind of a, a gay pioneer in a way. Um, Marsha P. Johnson uh, was a trans woman of color um, with, let's see. You know, when I was starting to research this and some other things, the amount of trans women and trans women of color who are murdered or go missing every year is staggering. And often the majority of those cases are left unsolved or cases go cold for a number of reasons. Right. Um, uh, very much like missing and murdered indigenous women. Mm -hmm. um, so Marsha P. Johnson was born Malcolm Michaels Jr. on August 24th, 1945 in Elizabeth, New Jersey and adopted the name Marsha P. Johnson. 
Um, Marsha P. Johnson was an activist, a self-identified drag queen, performer, and survivor. A prominent figure in the Stonewall Uprising of 1969, which is pretty much how gay folks got some rights. Um, and how really kind of the pride movement started. There's a lightning bug. Um... She was a founding member of the Gay Liberation Front and founded STAR, which stands for uh, Street Transvestite Action Revolutionaries. Alongside close friend Sylvia Rivera, um, Marsha was a popular figure in New York City's gay and art scene, uh, modeled for Andy Warhol, and performed on stage with the drag performance group Hot Peaches. Ooh. That just sounds... That sounds awesome. I'm like, where were we? Hot Peaches. I'm about to look at... I know. Videos. I know. They're good. It's going to happen. Good. All right. So I'm going to try to explain for those who don't really know a whole lot about trans culture. Cheyenne and I, neither of us are trans. So we can only kind of speak from a place of trying to educate a little bit. Um, but we are not. Right. <laughs> we, if we get it wrong, first person. definitely call us out and let us know. Yeah. So ultimately, um, You'll hear, especially in earlier, um, earlier days, um, the term transvestite, which is um, a person who typically um, gets some sort of pleasure from dressing in the clothes of the opposite sex. Um, that has kind of morphed into, a, in a more glamorous way, into drag as we know it now. Right. Um, of course, drag is typically more associated with purposes of entertainment transvestitism was looked at more of kind of like a in the closet like hush hush kind of like um like a big burly like wood chopping fireman enjoys occasionally wearing his wife's underwear and checking him out checking like checking himself out in the mirror kind of mm -hmm. thing mm -hmm. um still considers himself inwardly and outwardly a big burly wood chopping man right but likes little lacy panties occasionally or might wear who doesn't like, why not well i know um <laughs> A transsexual, um, and I say all of this because, like, transvestite is not something that people are using now. Those are not, it's not a terminology that's being used now, but just as we're talking a little about life in the 60s, I mean, we've come a long way yes. <laughs> in terms of identity and how individuals identify. So, kind of just for those who don't know, I wanted to at least start the conversation. So, um, transsexual is usually used, you'll hear that occasionally, um, used interchangeably with transgender, um, which is the preferred term for, for many folks who are trans. Um, refers to an individual who believes that they were in fact born in the incorrect body, um, or that their body and mind don't align, or that they were born into a certain set of anatomy and don't feel that they're the right gender. Mm -hmm. um, transvestite and transsexual are uh, phased out terminology. Um, You'll also hear people say gender fluid. So Marsha P. Johnson saw herself as gender fluid. She referred to herself as gender fluid non-conforming. Or gender non-conforming is how she called herself. So um, there's lots of different words and titles. But, you know, if, if you don't know, just ask what someone prefers. <laughs> just yeah. ask them. <laughs> What's your pronoun? Um, yeah, that's okay to ask. Um so Marsha was born to father Malcolm Michael Sr., who was an assembly line worker at General Motors, and his mother uh, was Alberta Claiborne, and she was a housekeeper. 
Marcia was raised in the Episcopal Church and remained devoutly religious throughout her life. She began um, dabbling in wearing dress. So, for example, I'm calling Marcia a she because that was her preferred pronoun. Right. Um, so, kind of just an example there. Um, so, she began wearing dresses at a very young age, but was really ridiculed for it. And in a 1992 interview, uh, before her passing, said that she had been sexually assaulted by an adolescent boy um, early on. In her little town of Elizabeth, New Jersey, <clears throat> Marcia recalls being gay as more of a dream than a reality that you could actually live. So being gay was something that you could be arrested for um, in the 60s. And of course, she was also African-American, uh, which apparently is also something you can still be arrested for. Apparently. Um, she was waiting tables after moving to Greenwich Village and met a gay couple from the city who helped her kind of understand what being gay in New York could mean. And so she officially came out in 1966. Originally calling herself Black Marsha, uh, and once she began doing drag, Marsha P. Johnson was born. Uh, oh, and by the way, the P stood for pay it no mind, which she was just like a sassy thing. So... She's famous for saying pay it no mind when people ask, would ask her about her gender. Like, are you a man or a woman? You know, why are you wearing a dress? She would say pay it no mind. Like, that's not your business. That's Don't worry about it. start telling people. Pay it no mind. And they're like, sir, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> what? Yes. <laughs> um, something else to know about drag girl it is expensive um yes it is expensive and that's part Very. of why there's such an artistry to drag because it's not just about like being it's not just about being a boy in a dress you know or putting on this great face of makeup you know we're talking about people who do drag you know they're making their own wigs they are making their own outfits they're bedazzling shoes honey props accessories makeup make i mean expensive extremely expensive and that adds up so if you're at a drag show this is why we tip <laughs> number one because size they're entertaining shoes can you imagine how many rhinestones go on a size 15 shoe oh, god thousands thousands <laughs> <laughs> um, so tip at those drag shows yes Marsha's form of drag wasn't particularly high fashion or super serious she had uh, very little money and she just didn't really care <laughs> I mean she just didn't care she um, you know she was ref like almost kind of like a cloud or like a light breeze going by just very um i don't know it's just it was just an interesting kind of thing to see almost just kind of like floating in and out of places and between people and between their conversations mm. um like if you complimented her scarf she would just say oh honey yes and like put it on you you oh, know awesome. and now it's your scarf so i mean just really kind of had this ease about her yeah um she was described as fun and funny and campy. And uh, as Edmund White writes in his 1979 Village Voice article, quote, she is both masculine and feminine at once. I just think that's dope. Like, yeah. So we would kind of call that androgynous. Um, but she was definitely more on the feminine side because she wore drag and just anyways. Um, 
So she could pull off high drag, but made a lot of political statements and comedy acts while she was on stage. So campy, funny, um, just didn't take herself very seriously. So the Stonewall Inn, which was, which is often shortened to Stonewall, is uh, a gay bar and gay safe space in location uh, of the Stonewall riots of 1969. As mentioned earlier, uh, being a member of the LGBT plus community could get you arrested. And there were not many establishments in the 50s and 60s that welcomed gay, patron gay patrons. So nightclubs and gay safe spaces for regularly raided by police. Mm -hmm. um, at the time, the Stonewall Inn was reportedly owned by the Mafia. So there's an interesting kind of like Mafia conspiracy tie in there that was just a rabbit hole that um, I can certainly go down if people want <laughs> more information on that. I need you to but... go down the rabbit hole. <sighs> Alright, I'll do a part two. Um, <laughs> it catered to... God. Who is mowing their lawn? It's like it's nine o'clock at night. Who's mowing their grass? I don't know. It's the neighbors. They know that we're podcasting. They're trying to stop us. Sabotage. Sabotage. Um, <laughs> so, the Stonewall Inn catered to an assortment of patrons and was known to be popular among the poorest and most marginalized people in the gay community. Um, typically, which were butch lesbians, effeminate young men, drag queens, male prostitutes, uh, transgender people, and homeless youth, which a lot of times you would find those folks on the street. Um, so it was nice to have kind of a space for them. Right. The Stonewall Riots, also referred to as the Stonewall Uprising or Rebellion or just simply Stonewall, were a series of spontaneous violent demonstrations by members of the LGBT plus community in response to a police raid on June 28, 1969. Um, in which a lot of people were hurt really badly um, and arrested just for being in the space. So when the police became more violent with them, the people rose up. And um, quite frankly, that's what we're seeing now, <laughs> an uprising. Right, um, yeah. So the Stonewall riots are widely considered to be the single most important event leading to the gay liberation movement and the modern fight for LGBT rights in the U.S. Um, the Stonewall is now a national landmark. Um, the riots ended up turning into several nights of violent rioting and protesting created um, from that a lot of activist groups to create safe spaces where queer people could assemble and um, assemble really without fear of being arrested. So, within about six months, two gay activist organizations were formed in uh, New York and two newspapers were established to promote gay rights for the LGBT community. One, um, excuse me, on the one year anniversary of the Stonewall Riots, so June 28, 1970, uh, the first gay pride marches took place in New York, Los Angeles, and San Francisco and began in cities around the world. One of Johnson's most notable direct actions occurred in August 1970 staging a sit-in protest at Weinstein Hall at New York University alongside fellow uh, gay liberation uh, GLF members after administrators canceled a dance when they found it was sponsored by gay organizations. So this stuff ain't new. This stuff ain't new. 
Marcia and fellow activist Sylvia Rivera were shunned by members of the Gay Liberation Front saying that they didn't want drag queens marching in the parade because it would give them a bad name. Now let me be clear about something. Anytime you can add a drag queen to whatever it is that you're doing, whatever party, you're making the right decision. Yes. So Anything. Shame on them. Literally anything. Put a drag on it. (laughs) Baptism? Put a drag on it. (laughs) Anything. (laughs) Baptism. Drag queen. That's right. Continue. Thank you. (laughs) So what did Marsha and Sylvia do? Because they are some badasses. They organized to walk defiantly in front of the pride parade. So y'all can have your pride parade. They marched right in front of it and basically led the parade, which is just (laughs) freaking cool. Um, Well, and, you know, they were also, you know, they're like, anyways, I could just go on and on. But at the end of the day... You, you know, you, they helped kind of found these activist groups and then are being told, well, you can, you can be gay, but like not that kind of gay. Yeah. Like not you, that gay. Yeah. Well, and it's, you know, that's what you see in other organizations. Like you can be black, but not too black. Right. You know, you can be Hispanic, but don't be too Hispanic now. Don't like, don't like what you like too much. Don't listen to that kind of music. You need to be just the right amount of what, I mean, that's ridiculous. And so, um, Oh, during a, another incident um, around the same time, Johnson was confronted by the police officers for hustling in New York um, to make some money. And when the officers attempted to perform an arrest, Johnson hit them with her handbag, which contained two bricks. <laughs> okay. She was eventually arrested and sentenced to a 90-day stay in Bellevue Hospital, which is kind of like a, a, the mental um, ward. Ah. All right. So... Let's see. I have a lot of words written here. So, when the Stonewall Memorial was moved to Christopher Street from Ohio in recognition of the gay liberation movement, Marsha commented, How many people, quote, how many people have died for these two little statues to be put in the park to recognize gay people? How many years does it take for people to see that we are all brothers and sisters and human beings in the human race. I mean, how many years does it take for people to see that we are all in this rat race together? End quote. We don't know yet. And here we are in 2020 and we still haven't figured it out. So while Marsha P. Johnson was a revolutionary and a pioneer, she was also extremely haunted by her past and ongoing traumas, including engaging in survival sex, which is something I learned about as I was researching her. Um, for quite some time in New York. So survival sex is a term that is used um, in which, so it's very much like prostitution whereby sex is traded for money, food, other necessities, and the environment is typically a desperate one for displaced individuals or people who just don't have, they don't have anything else to trade. Um, There's usually two sides uh, to everyone, as we know, and You know, I've heard from friends um, who have done drag that one of the reasons they were called to drag is because that form of expression has saved them in some way. So it's not just about being an entertainer. Um, While for for Marsha, while she was seen as warm and caring, she allegedly had a very violent temper, especially when she was under her male persona, Malcolm, Mm -hmm. and would often get into fights and wind up hospitalized. So I'm sure that drag was in some way um, cathartic and therapeutic 
uh, for her to have some kind of release. And, right. um, yeah. So, Marsha was last seen on July 4th, um, a couple weeks after the Pride Parade, leaving a 4th of July party. And her body was found in the Hudson River off of the Christopher Street Pier two days later on July 6th. The death was initially ruled a suicide. However, Marsha's friends, roommate, and members of the community were insistent that she was not suicidal at all. And she had a large wound on the back of her head. Yeah, that would be difficult to pull off. Yeah, doing that to yourself. Uh Uh-huh. Um... Randy Wicker was Marsha's roommate for years and uh, later came forward to say that Johnson may have jumped into the river. He thinks to, you know, if she put herself in the river to escape harassers, but he said she was never suicidal. Um, And there was no note that she left behind. There's nothing to indicate suicide and probably did not bludgeon herself in the back of the head. Um, I added that part. He didn't say that part. Um... (laughs) He um, also said that um, a witness saw Marsha and a neighbor arguing on July 4th. Uh, The neighbor had used a homophobic slur towards her and apparently had bragged to someone at a bar that he had killed a drag queen named Marsha. Huh. I know. Not probably not too many of those. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, Never shared this info with the police. The witness never shared that info with police. Other locals stated that because um, this was a case of a black gay man, uh, law enforcement just wasn't interested in investigating Johnson's death. Mm-hmm. Uh, Marsha P. Johnson was cremated, and following a funeral at a local church, friends spread her ashes on the Hudson River. There's a great documentary. I got um, a lot of this information um, from there. Of course, other internet sources will cite those. Um, on the details and uh, the website, um, her website, we don't have a website yet, um, but the documentary on Netflix is called The Life and Death of Marsha P. Johnson, The Death and Life of Marsha P. Johnson, and in it, um, just this super cool trans woman, um, anti-violence project activist, uh, her name is Victoria Cruz, um, who is also a trans person of color, um, she's Puerto Rican, in fact, um, was doing an independent investigation trying to look further into this case. So this is a lot of kind of what this documentary on Netflix is about and kind of documenting Victoria Cruz's crusade. Uh-huh. Um, so she was kind of doing an investigation. Like this. So in 2016, she succeeded in gaining access to unreleased documents, witness statements, interviews with Marsha's family, and um, spoke to retired police officers who had worked that case. Primarily, she was advised by those officers to let it go and stop, quote, trying to play detective. Marsha's death was eventually changed from suicide to undetermined, but no further investigation took place by police. Wow. And that is what I'm calling the reality and mystery of a pioneer, Marsha P. Johnson. I would definitely say um, to so um, to support and learn more, um, especially ab- um, about Marsha P. Johnson and also um, Black trans people and trans people of color. Um, I would check out marshap.org, um, which is the website that's really kind of dedicated to everything she was about and going forward. Do you 
I have a picture of her. I feel like yeah. maybe I have seen. I posted one on my Instagram. A picture of her? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've got one right here. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, so I saw, um, it's a, um, local performer got that tattooed today. I thought that was oh, really cool. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. One of that our That picture local? right there. Yeah. That's so cool. Well. Very cool. You know, it's like everything else, you know, I, I, I she wasn't a saint. <laughs> no one is. Um. And, you know, I, I was reading some things about just kind of how, I think just people in general, when someone, you know, we kind of going back to George Floyd and I heard, you know, it was really tough for me to see how, how many people were coming to the defense of saying, well, you know, he used a counterfeit $20 bill, yeah. you know, or I mean other people who were killed well you know they did a little sex work on the side it doesn't have anything to do with <laughs> yeah with them get being killed for that I mean they weren't killed for that reason I mean it's just so the same thing you know with her she really had some demons that um, were really tough and who knows if that is what got the best of her at the end um, or not but you know, I think it's it's really easy to to, vilif to vilify people and say, oh, well, you know, they weren't a saint. Well, None me neither, are. but I don't want somebody to stand on my neck. Lady G. La Hashtag Lady G. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about saintly. Now, <laughs> we're going to have to do a mini marshmallow on that. <laughs> yeah, we're definitely going to be talking about Lady G. If you don't, if you don't know, know about G Lady G, it's worth Google, a Google. Lady G. That's right. So, that's my story. That's my episode for you. It. Yeah, kicking off um, kicking off Pride Month. Yeah, and she was, sounds like a really interesting person. Yeah, I think interesting is probably the best way to put it. Yeah. But uh, really was a badass and led the way for uh, a lot of the rights that we enjoy. And uh, I'm definitely bummed out that uh, Pride was canceled. Because if you've never been to a Pride parade... You got to get yourself to one. Talk about just an absolute love fest. And, um, just, it's just so good. Yeah, it just feels good. It just feels good to be there. So, um, that's all out of me for the evening. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> I know. It's a lot. So, do, awesome. do some research. Um, Google, um, Lady G. <laughs> Google Lady G. Google, um, <laughs> Marsha P. Johnson, visit the website yes. and learn something about black people, learn something about black trans people, trans people of color. Um, do yourself a favor and educate yourself because there are some really interesting and, and amazing activists who led the way for a lot of the things that um, we enjoy, but a lot of things that we're still fighting for. So, um, as always, we would love it if uh, you would follow us on Instagram uh, and on Facebook at Fireside Crime. We would also love to hear what you thought about this episode. Yes. And please feel free to leave us a, we would love it if you would leave us a five-star review on iTunes. Yes. And um, yeah, if you love the episode, we'd love to hear your thoughts on that as well. Just write something. Um, yeah, you do have to put something. Write Lady G. 
and a five God, star. You're obsessed. I love Lady G. You're obsessed. I feel like Lady Gaga is about to sue him for copyright. Like, That's my name. Wait a minute. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks okay. for hanging in there with us. And until next time, we will see you by the fire. Bye. <laughs> see ya.